Hometown Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. One of the longest-running horror franchises in recent memory came out with another chapter. After being dormant for a while, Scream came back with Scream 5 and audiences ate it up. About a year later, Scream 6 has been released. Myself, Dave, and Jesse went and saw it. Let's see what we thought about this particular movie. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Hometown Ghost Stories Horror Movie Reviews. You all thought that I was going to do like a slash pun in the beginning of this opening, the cold open, but I didn't do it. I went very basic and normal. I was very stoic, very meteorologist-like, and uh, I am your host, Rob Coakley. I am joined, as always, by Dave Wilkins. What's up? Thanks for having me. And also by Jesse Wilkins. Hello. What's going on? And we are going to talk about Scream 6 today. This was one of the movies I was most looking forward to this year, which is a joy that it came out in March of all months to talk about. <laughs> Not really like the spooky month that you think of, but hey, I'm here for it. Let's let's get them out throughout the entire year. And uh, do you... Well, Scream 5 came out early 2022, Jan- right? January, Yeah, I right? believe it was January. Which is like the worst month for a horror movie to drop. And that was a... Scream, I thought Scream 5 was great. Yeah, we we reviewed that. I think it was myself and you. Jesse refused to watch horror movies at the time. So you can it was go our back. first review. It was, it was our first review. That's right. You can go back and listen to that one. But do you have a synopsis for us for Scream 6? I do. The Scream saga continues with the four survivors of the Ghostface killings as they leave Woodsboro behind and start a fresh chapter in the Big Apple. But they're not there long before the killer reappears and starts tracking down the survivors one by one. So I was also very excited to see this movie, just like you were. Kick them, yep. kick 2023 off right, kind of. And, you know, you always say 2022 is like one of the best years for horror, which is true. And it kicked off, like we just said, with Scream 5. So I, like you, was looking very much forward to this one. And I think Scream 5 for me part of the reason I liked it so much was it gave us that nostalgia, right? Mm-hmm. The three of us are, we were kids in the nineties when the original scream came out and it, we kind of, for me, it was like my first real experience with the slasher, with the slasher genre. Cause you know, that was what came out at the time. So scream five, I kind of got my fill of nostalgia. So going into scream six, I was still very excited, but I didn't really get that same nostalgic hit. I don't know if it was because Nev Campbell wasn't in it or mm-hmm. or what have you, but for whatever reason, I didn't really get that same, you know, bit of nostalgia. And I don't know if that's what it what did it for me or didn't do it for me, but I was really not a big fan of this movie and for a lot of reasons. Yeah. So just for those people listening, I know it's a brand new movie and just to warn everyone, this will be a spoiler filled review. So if you haven't seen it yet, it is in theaters. You can go check it out. But this is the newest one. I did end up seeing screen five the day before we went to go see uh, Scream 6, so I would be caught up. And it, it did, Scream 5 took me back. That one took me back to the 90s, like you said, Dave. I still remember our first experience watching Scream. I don't know if this was the first or second time that you had seen it, but we were up at a friend's house in Fitchburg. And we were we couldn't watch it there. Our parents wouldn't have let us watch it, but we happened to go across the street 
to like the friend's house or something like that. And they put the movie on and we started watching it. I don't think we watched, I don't know if we watched the whole thing, but we watched enough of it where I was like, this is some crazy stuff. Never seen anything like it. So we had that. Then you had like the spoof on the screen movie, which was like the scary movies as well. Right. Which, which also kind of brought it back to that. But I do remember them and, and these were scary movies and Scream 5 felt a lot like that. Scream 6 kicked off and it felt like a different kind of movie. They had brought up the fact that there was never really that returning kind of superhuman character because what was unique about the Scream movies is it's always someone different, right? Mm -hmm. It's almost like a clue game. You're trying to figure out who the actual killer is amongst your group of friends. And that's what was unique about the Scream movies. This movie started off and I thought that they might have been going a different route from this. It was using like the original scream masks from the original murders. And it was, it kind of almost had a feeling that it seemed like a bigger, badder ghost face killer, right? Yeah. It seemed like it was more powerful. It wasn't as clumsy. This is something that reoccurs in like all of those scream movies is it seems like one punch to the face and ghost face is flailing his arms around and tumbling around the room. He's not like this big, powerful, superhuman kind of, evil killer it's just someone that's clearly new at this which yeah is he's never really been like michael myers or jason you know or any other or you know leatherface he's always been kind of like a almost like a parody mm -hmm. but without being a parody you know which makes sense because a lot of times for a lot of the killers in this movie this is their first kill they're not experienced they're not a polished serial killer like many of the other killers in these horror movies so it had started off like this, and the movie did start off strong. But like you said, David, overall, I did not like the way this movie went. Right. It started going in, in one direction, and I thought that they were going to follow this, right? So this is – we already gave the spoiler warnings. But they go in the direction where it looks like the killer is trying to frame Sam. And mm -hmm. I thought that's what the direction they were going to go. And I thought it was going to – this is like, oh, this is such a cool idea. Like, they haven't done this in any of the Scream movies. And it would be something interesting that sets it apart from everything else, all the other previous movies. And they just abandoned that, that plot line as soon as it started. And it was just like, for me, that was like, oh man. And it went kind of like right back to the same old thing. And mm -hmm. that was a huge disappointment for me because I thought at that point, there or not, I thought the movie just kind of fell apart. It felt like you had this big budget, right? This is the... Scream franchise comes to New York. You have your big New York movie, big expensive sets. Clearly this movie had a massive budget and it was shot awesome. Everything was huge about it. There's a ton of people, ton of extras. It's clearly like a big production. And then we'll kind of get into the turning point of the movie. But then like halfway through, it felt like they were like, wow, we're spending too much. And then the rest of the movie just took place in like this little theater thing, museum type place. And it just, it kind of just fell flat for me. Rob, what were your thoughts? Um, I have mixed reviews on this movie. I do think it did a lot of good. I want to hit on some of the good stuff that it did. I think that the ghost face was the most terrifying version of ghost face that we have gotten. It was real raw, gritty, real brutal. You had some really like insane scenes of brutality from this ghost face. The, the scene in the uh, convenience store is unlike anything else we have seen with a Ghostface uh, killer that has ever happened, where you're in this store and you're you're playing up the detention of them trying to hide from him, and you got you're in a convenience store. You have like nowhere to go, and 
we're so used to Ghostface walking around with a knife. He gets his hands on a shotgun mm. at this point, and it gets real brutal with the shotgun. It's it's a gritty feeling that we haven't ever experienced before. So I really like what they did throughout the the movie with Ghostface, the character itself. I, I like that direction. Some of the kills were really gory, were really like brutal to to look at. And we saw that in five a little bit, but I really thought they stepped it up in this one for that. And I really like what they did with New York in terms of we're so used to Woodsboro. They were at the college the one time. Going to New York was like was a decision to get out risky. of that town. It's a risky, risky, risky decision. And I kind of disagree with you to this point, Jesse. I do like that they they toned it down at the end where they had like the the lair almost for Ghostface. And it, it, to me, that made sense the way they put that all together. But the scenes before, the, specifically the subway scene, the subway scene of New York, the lack of care. You could do this, the opening kill with the alley as well, which really good. Also, we need to talk about the opening kill because... I thought this movie started off beautifully with that, but yeah, that was a great opening scene. That subway scene was terrifying in itself. We're set around Halloween. You already have people wearing the ghost face stuff because it's so prevalent in the news and everything. So now you're on the subway. That killer could be any of those people or someone else. They could be wearing something else on that thing. The tensions there and just the overall lack of care from the other people riding the bus or awareness. We see videos all the time of crazy things happening on subways and no one batting an eye. Right. Right. So it's not hard to believe that this girl gets stabbed and no one even notices and or cares that she's sitting there stabbed against the wall. It's, it it was a really well done scene. And the other good thing I'll talk about is that opening scene. Um, Maybe some logic flaws based on her walking down an alley on her own pretty girl in New York city probably knows a little bit better than to do that, but you know, we can let that pass the twist of that, where she wasn't the main opening scene, but the one that killed her is who we're actually going after. Like with the real ghost face, what a twist. Like, yeah, I loved it. I loved that whole opening scene. And that's at the point I was like, I'm all in on this movie already. It's great. Uh, it falls apart in the third act. I've never seen a movie fall apart in the third act as much as this movie fell apart in the third act. It was like, one of the most poorly written third acts. I think I can remember, or at least in recent history, yeah. at least relative to the rest of the movie, right? Yeah. Because I did like the first, at least half of the movie. It, it, for me, it was it was it changed right when they did that. They didn't follow that plot line that I thought they were going to, and then some of the acting kind of crumbled. Dermot Mulroney's character is one of the most poorly written characters and, and and slash. And it was just to be flat out. He was awful in this movie. Awful from beginning to end. Yeah. He was beyond, beyond predictable who the killers were going to be. But a lot of times in the screen movies, you can kind of figure it out from the get go. Anyways, I I don't know about that. I think the last two have been very predictable. I think five and six, but five, I still felt like, ah, this is, I'm pretty sure this is who it is. And I ended up being right, but there were still moments where I'm like, ah, oh, maybe I'm wrong about this. Maybe I'm setting it up. There was a couple lines of dialogue from him in this movie where I was like, he's 100% the killer, which means that his uh, his daughter is also in on it because he's not going to kill his own daughter. And like we said, spoilers. 
the only one that I wasn't, I didn't know there was going to be a third. I thought it was those two and the, the nerdy kid being the third killer was like, whatever at that point, but God, he was awful. He, he takes you out of the movie with how bad he acts in this movie. And a lot yeah. of that act, cause he's not a bad actor, but a lot of that was, it was really poorly written. The lines were bad. It was a really shaky plot line that they went with that whole, that just the whole angle they took with him being who he was and the way it was written was just sloppy. And there was, there were so many bad lines from him in that movie. Yeah. He, he did a terrible job in this. I don't know if there's any saving it from the, from the way he was written into it, but it was not well performed. And he had one line. He's like, Oh, great. Now both my kids are dead. Yeah. And I was taken off the case. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who cares. <laughs> he also he also had a line where he's like, if you mess with my family, you die. It's like, okay, well, now I know you're the killer. Like you wouldn't just say that. Like it, it just it was so freaking obvious who it was. And I do think that was a problem with five. And I think that's part of the problem going forward with the scream movies is that they are not written by Kenneth Williamson anymore. And you can tell the difference. Like Scream, the voice, the movies that are the best are the ones written by him. He really knows how to write these movies. Part five, I liked a lot, but still had some issues that I think Kenneth Williamson would not have allowed to happen if he were writing it. Right. I mean, Kenneth Williamson wasn't flawless either, though. No, but I think he knows like how to write the Scream movies. Like He knows how to give the actual voice of what they're trying to be. And these, the, the killer reveals specifically in these two movies are just not done well at all. I also don't think they know, like, you know how like it's, it's not a parody, but it's, you know, like they poke fun of the, the horror movie genre yeah. in the beginning. I don't think it's done as well in parts five and six. I think it's done better in five, but this, this movie, I don't think it's done well at all. Yeah, I agree with that. I will. I wouldn't even. I know it's part of like the Scream brand, but if they do do a Scream Seven, which I'm sure they will, yeah, I wouldn't be super bummed out if they abandoned that. That whole. It's a little played out at this point. It, it, it really it is. There is. A thing, but it's yeah, it's not great. Let's also, before I forget this, I do want to mention that the character who played Danny, who was like the uh, secret boyfriend living across the hall. Yeah. The fact that dude he just straight up turned into Jesse Pinkman at one point. I don't know if you got that. <laughs> yeah. But he was like, uh, there was one reaction where he had, he just goes like, Oh, and he just sounded exactly like Jesse Pinkman. I'm like, dude, what is this? And he just goes, that's right, bitch. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I'm like, I get it. Like you just sound a little bit like him, but now you're just trying to sound like, it was just like, okay, you're not Jesse Pinkman. Don't even try to hold yourself to that level. Yeah. Now. You're but, Travis Kelsey, not Jesse Pinkman. Act exactly. Like yeah. He's Travis Perk 30. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, the other thing that I wanted to say is as brutal as Ghostface was in this movie, and I liked the kills and everything, this movie played it way too safe in terms of characters that they killed. Like they killed some characters that were like friends and stuff, but yep. they didn't kill anyone in the core four. No. Yeah, the core four. Like or they even Gale. Or even Gale. Yep. And I don't think they had to kill Gale. But I think one of the, at least one of the quote unquote core four should have, should have died in this movie. Yeah. Especially cause like they stabbed the hell out of two of them, right? The twins. So they well, got 
Chad in particular. Like yeah, he he's, just, he's just sitting there just getting stabbed. He's just like, I'm gonna die. And I'm like, nope, and alive. At, the, at the end, he's just like core four. Like, oh, come on. Come yeah. On. They they blew it up a really prime opportunity to shock everybody and kill off their lead character in uh, Melissa Barrera. Yeah. They could have done that because although she is the the lead in this movie, like the number one, the main character, yep. could easily replace her with Jenna Ortega. Yeah, let's not pretend that up. most yeah, most people going to go see that movie are going to go see it for Jenna Ortega, not right. for her. So it was right there. It was laid yep. out for them. You could have killed off your lead, which is is a shocking thing to do in any movie, even a slasher horror movie. You almost never see that happen. They could have done it. I thought they were working towards it too, because a lot of times in these movies and in TV shows, when they're going to kill off like a main character, they start to make them a little bit unlikable, right? So they'll have some sort of fatal flaws. Mm -hmm. You see it all the time without spoiling anything else. I'll just say, you know, like there'll just be something that a character does that's like, oh, why are they doing that? You know, maybe they start abusing someone. Maybe they just, they start talking too much like a snitch would or something like that, or they turn their back on a friend and then they kill them off. And then it's less heartbreaking when that character goes. Cause you're like, eh, they're kind of turning into a piece of shit anyways. And this was yeah. kind of where she was going, where she's like, all right, she's stalking her sister. Uh, she's being called out as a serial killer, but if she gets killed, then the whole world is off her back as suspecting her as the killer. So you easily could have done it. And again, like Dave said, then you get that shock value of this screen movie is unpredictable. This screen movie was very predictable. And I think there was a problem with it. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing worse in a slasher movie than plot armor. And all of the main characters had too much plot armor. Mm -hmm. I want to say like one of my criticisms of Scream 5 was I thought Melissa Barrera felt real wooden in that movie. She didn't show a lot of emotion. I thought she was way better in this movie acting wise. I, I really thought she crushed in this movie. Uh, Jenna Ortega was obviously great again, but Melissa Barrera, I was like, wow, she's really good at conveying what she's trying to convey in this particular movie. It just, again, I, I there's a lot in the movie that I did like. It's just when your third act falls apart as bad as that one did, like it, it just it it hurts the movie tremendously. Yeah, obviously. I mean, the third act is your biggest. That's your crescendo. You need that to be big. Yeah, I'll ask you guys this too. Do you think they're giving themselves too much credit? Because this whole movie, they they portray the stab series as being like everyone's most favorite nostalgic film, and they're putting they're they're putting themselves right up there with halloween and friday the 13th and they're just in hellraiser like they're putting themselves in like we are that other franchise now i know stab is obviously the fictional franchise that they play off of as the screen movies yeah but you're saying they're like symbolically doing that for themselves right right i think they are i think scream is absolutely right up there with those other heavy so hitters. You, you you agree with with them on yeah screen absolutely screen, yeah. scream is huge i think it's i think it's like if you have the halloween franchise friday the 13th in you know the other top ones that it pretty much is universally known as the top ones. I think I that's think, like the A tier. I think Scream would fit into the B tier for I me. Disagree. I don't I don't agree and with I that. And I think I think you brought up Hellraiser. I think Scream is absolutely above yes. the only reason I mentioned Hellraiser I haven't seen the Hellraiser movies, full disclosure. But <laughs> so for the only reason I mentioned it is because that was another one of those masks that was on the train when they had yeah, the, train. Yeah. the train scene was so good. The train scene was great, yeah. I love the train scene. But um yeah, no, Scream Scream is right up there. It's on the Mount Rushmore. You could make the argument that it's in the top four on the Mount Rushmore. You have obviously Friday the 13th, Halloween, obviously Nightmare on Elm Street. And then, Rob, I think we had this exact conversation when we reviewed Scream 5. Is you could interchange Ghostface with Leatherface and Chucky. Yeah. 
any one of those three could be the fourth one. And here's and I was gonna bring this up when we get to our scores, but since we're having this conversation now, it fits in. I think that when we talk about these franchises, and now that Scream is six movies in, right? This was the sixth one. I don't think this was a great movie. I think Scream 3 is still the worst of the lot. I think this is probably the second worst. But I think Scream 3 and Scream 6 is still better than the majority of Halloween movies, the majority of Friday the 13th movies, the majority of Nightmare on Elm Street movies. I think this might even be the S class of horror movies because the quality is still better when it's a bad movie versus the other ones. Like Scream Scream 6 is a better watch than some of the garbage entries on those franchise lists. It's just better. That's a great point. No, you're right. I agree 100%. The, mm-hmm. That the worst from Scream is better than the worst from it's even better than some of the middle tier Friday yes. the 13th. It's just they are they are consistently pretty good. Like I'm yeah. not this one's not getting a high score from me, but it's not getting a real low score either. Yeah, yeah. I I'm not gonna. It's like I said, it's not my favorite. Three three is definitely to me just the worst of the bunch. But I'll still watch Scream three more than I'll watch some of these other franchise movies. That I would just I would garbage. watch I would watch this one again plenty of times before I watch Halloween ends again. Yes. That, I mean, then that's the point, although, right? Although even Halloween Ends is still like a good production, right? There was, have been yeah. Some, there have been some like Freddy and Jason movies that are just like, what is this? <laughs> why, you know, why is this? How is this a movie? So I mean, and you can do a one-for-one comparison of this with, I'm sure so many people have, but I'll just do it as well. There was a Friday the Thirteenth where Jason takes Manhattan. Yeah, I was just going to bring that up. This like when I was talking about how they went to New York when it was risky. It was like every time they do that when they sent jason to manhattan when they sent jaws to new york you know what i mean when they they sent jason to manhattan they had no budget and it ends up taking place 90 percent on a cruise ship they actually got like i think eight hours to record anything in new york everything was filmed in vancouver although i think scream six was recorded and mostly in canada but you still felt like you were in new york jason takes manhattan was on a freaking cruise ship half the time or more than half the time (laughs) it was stupid like it just it they didn't take Manhattan. He was there for four seconds. Like I I thought them implementing. New they just York, shortened the shortened the title to J, from Jason takes a cruise out of Manhattan. It's yeah, it's like, oh, <laughs> too long. Doesn't fit on the poster. Yeah, I, and I think that when Scream implemented the city of New York, it felt like New York. It felt like, like I said, like videos you see on the subway or the way they were walking. Like just everything about it, it felt New York. I'm not from New York. I can't. 100% attest to that, but I, I was been in the illusion. Right? I've been to New York, but I got the illusion that they were like there. It felt like it was part of the movie. Like New York felt like it was part of the movie for the most part. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. So yeah, it, uh, it, it did feel like it was a New York movie and there's a lot of movies that aren't like that until it didn't feel like it was a New York movie. And this is again, my problem with this movie. It's like you had the New York movie, you had this thing, you just had too much of this movie was filmed at this secret lair of, of this uh, ghost face. But then they're like, they have this elaborate cage system to get in and get out. You guys remember this key cards, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. You're like, Oh my gosh, how are they going to get it out? You guys notice at the end of the movie when police had to get in, boom, they're in in two seconds. <laughs> yeah. It's like they, they were going to try, their plan was to trap Ghostface inside of this cage and they're going to all stab him or whatever from inside there. 
no, it was just a stupid. It, it was just it was too Scooby Doo at the end of it. It was just like let's reveal who you are now. And I know all of them are kind of like that, but it was just ah, yeah, just childish at the end. Um, I do want to bring up the fact that I did like that Kirby came back. I wish they would have gave her a little more to do in the movie. I think Scream Four is an underrated film in the franchise catalog. I enjoyed Scream Four. Uh, it's kind of an outlier. It's almost like there's a trilogy. There's this trilogy, and then in between is Scream Four. So it was nice to see Kirby come back for that. I just I think that she was just kind of there, and I think they made her character look a little stupid when the killers end up being the family of the last killer, and no one knew what this guy's family was. Another gigantic hole in the plot where you would know who his dad was. You would know who his siblings were. He would, everyone that worked the case would know. Like it would just, it just, that was a massive there, plot. Yeah, plot too, many, too many police officers and detectives were able to just work this themselves in this case because they wanted to. Yeah. I'm no police officer. I'm a weather observer. I don't really know how these things <laughs> work inside of a police department but i feel like if you were like hey give me that case that's my son's friend they'd be like dude shut up and go back to your desk like that's all the reason to take you off this case right yeah and it's just the the trope of every movie that involves a detective working on a case it just feels like they have to be quote-unquote taken off the case at some point (laughs) in the movie now this one was a little different because usually whenever that happens in every single cop movie ever whenever they're taken off the case they solve the case while they have no badge and no gun. And then they get put in there. They get a big apology from the police chief. Like, Oh, sorry. I took your case. I guess you were right all along. It's just the, it's the plot to every single cop movie, but for them just to randomly inject that into this movie for no reason. Yeah. My kids are dead. And I was taken off the case. (laughs) All right, let's go. Like he just moved on. Dude is so bad. So bad at that point. Yeah. That was the, it was a fatal flaw of the movie was, what they did with the ending and what they did with that character. Do we want to get in some ratings or does anyone have anything else they want to hit on? I want to bring up the point about the writers. Cause you talked about Kevin Williamson um, who was on one, two and four for the, mm. and he was the sole writer on the, although I think Wes Craven had a part in it, but I don't think he was doing a lot of the writing, but you had one guy writing these, right? And these were right. the, the three, you know, best you can stick five in there somewhere too. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of the problem that you're getting with six is you have multiple writers. There's a, you know, there's, you have uh, James Vanderbilt and guy uh, Busick and you kind of get, you can almost see where like the writing changes, right. Mm-hmm. Where you've, if you, I don't know who wrote what, but I wonder if one of them was good and one of them was not good, <laughs> you know, and cause you can almost see how it kind of conflicts there. So I don't know. Yeah, and I forgot that Kevin Williamson was off of three, but I think that just kind of shows you how, like, I think the three best movies in the franchise are one, two, and four. And one is obviously number one, but like two and four, I'd have to rewatch to see which one I like better. Five's right there for me. And then it's six, then it's three. There's a small, there's a gap there, but again, six and three are still better than a lot of horror movies that you're going to watch. You yeah. know, another scene was kind of silly was, do you remember when Gail's uh, boyfriend got killed in her apartment? Yep. Yeah. It, she did not even have a moment. <laughs> I know like she was getting attacked too, but she's just like, and now what? You know, it just moved right out. Like there's no mention of him, not a single tear, not a single emotion, not even a, no, it was just, he's dead. 
That's something that so many TV shows and movies miss is that, and it's, it really is what separates some of the great ones from some of the not so great ones is the way people react to seeing their loved ones killed. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at great, and it's hard to compare like, you know, slashers to drama, like, you know, dramas, just because obviously they're like a completely different genre of movie. But you take a performance like Sean Penn in Mystic River when his daughter dies, yeah, the grief that he was able to portray in that scene versus what you just mentioned, Courtney Cox in this. There's literally nothing. It's just well, the the only pushback I would have on this a little bit is I think they were establishing throughout the movie that she still was like mourning the death of Dewey, and this was sort of like a boy toy rebound, yeah. rebound type situation. There's still going to be something. There's still going to be a reaction. If you want to talk about the dumbest part of that entire scene, it's her having one way, one out in the closet and sitting there with a gun pointed on it where she could just sit there until the guy comes in, comes in or until someone else gets there. And she chooses to leave that space and go into the entire apartment where the killer could come at her from any direction. Yep. That was the dumbest part. And she's, you know, like supposed to be this super smart investigative journalist that's been through this 130 times. And she makes this mistake. Like that was some bad writing as well. In my yeah. Opinion. To go back to scream five with the scene with Dewey at the hospital, they had addressed it where he shot the ghost face in the, the chest, like three or four times and then walks away to get on the elevator. And he's like, wait, I got to go back and shoot him in the head. If you don't shoot him in the head, they always come back. And I feel like they blew it right there. They should have had Dewey. I mean, I guess he's supposed to die in that scene. Right. Yeah. But they should have had him shoot him and shoot that whatever screen person that was in the head. That could have been such like a different thing with that movie is that he actually does kill one of them. And then maybe he gets killed from behind from an, the other screen person. Because we know there's going to be two anyways. There always yeah. is, right? So yeah, that, that I felt once. like, I'm like, I'm like, oh, this scene could have been so much more brutal. Because for a moment, you would have had that euphoria, right? Oh mm-hmm. my God, he actually shot the fucking thing in the head. This thing's dead now. I was not expecting this. Then all of a sudden, boom, he gets killed by the other one. Could have been super cool, but still a good scene. I mean, I, I still really I- like Scream 5. As someone who's seen all the screen movies, if they did do that, I'd be like, "Oh, they're gonna the other one's gonna get him then." <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. It was yeah, kind of late in the movie, though. I thought, I think, if I remember correctly, maybe it was at the midway point. But this would have been the movie to do that, kind of, because because yeah. you had three. So if you got rid of one of them halfway right. through, yeah, yeah, then maybe like the kills escalate after that because they're all pissed off that you yeah. killed one of them, and you didn't. You know, I mean, we're we're trying to find ways well, we always try to find a way to make these movies better yeah but yeah for what it was i think we jump into some ratings now sure what do you have this rated at jesse uh i'll give it a three one like i said i, I thought it started strong it was shot really well mm-hmm. it was pretty brutal it just the, the whole second half of the movie at least got kind of silly for me and uh just once again dermot merloni mulroney I don't know how to say that guy's name, but Detective Bailey in the movie, just one of one of the decade's worst performances. And, yeah. and I don't know how much is on the writers and how much is on him, but I mean, you can act out bad lines. And both. He, he couldn't do either. So I think, I think it's both for yeah, sure. It was absolutely God awful in that movie. They're like, great. Like, and I, I mentioned it to you guys, I think in the theater, I was like, this is like Neil Breen level bad. Like, yeah, this is, yeah, this is unwatchable for this guy. Yeah, there, there are actors that are like, you know, big time actors that if they see a bad line, they'll change it. They'll refuse to say it. They'll make them rewrite it mm-hmm. or they'll ad lib it, you know, and he obviously 
Yeah, I don't think. Dylan I don't know Moroney if I'd ever. Is big I, enough I, to, I Mulroney to. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so I wanted to give this. I wanted to rate this one in the threes because I wanted to like it, and I wanted. I definitely want. I liked the first half, and there were there were some elements of this movie that I liked, but it's it's a two eight from me because I think it fell off too hard, and just that, just that Dermot Mulroney character was it was tough. It was tough to just it, like Rob said earlier, just completely takes you out of it. Yeah, I, I'm gonna actually give it the same score that Jesse gave it, which I'm a little shocked. Uh, and I thought I was gonna be the highest on this movie, but I'm a three one on this as well, for all the reasons we just said. I there's ways to make this movie a four. It was never going to be perfect uh, there. But when you have an actor that bad and you have a reveal that bad, it kills it. But again, three, one isn't atrocious. It's still a watchable movie. You mm-hmm. should still see scream six. There is some really good stuff in this. Again, some of the kills are just brutal. Certain scenes like for me, the opening, that opening scene is incredible. The convenience store scene is incredible, and the train scene is is really, really well done. And there's most movies they can't say that they have one really good scene in a horror movie, and this one still, to me at least, has a minimum of three. Yeah, no, but this it, it had its moments, which is what it kept it in the threes for me. But we were all pretty close to their scores, so it's watchable. Uh, I would go see it in the theaters because I feel like it's it's at least the opening of the movie and at least the first half hour is really, really good. And you know, little long. It's, it's a fun experience. Yeah, longer than that was the other thing be. we didn't mention. This movie was was way too long. Well, long over two. I was the longest of the franchise at over two hours. None of them. It's just this is this should be a ninety minute movie. These are all yep we, ninety we, to one hundred minutes. Yeah, mm-hmm. Tops, yeah. Like I watched um, I watched Misery today. Rewatched that and because I had just finished the book and I was like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, now let me go see the movie because I want to watch it again. And I don't think I ever finished the movie. And that was one horror movie where now this is an older movie, but I was like, damn, this movie should have been a lot longer because they left a lot of real key points out. Yeah. You that get, was, I mean, you know, Stephen King book, even though that's one of his shorter books, but that was, yeah, you get that. Anytime you see a book turned into a movie, there's so much left out because there has to be. Yeah. yeah. So, but this was a movie, the Scream 6 was a movie that, that should have been a little bit shorter for sure. Yeah. But you should see it. And I hope there, I have seen a little bit of a backlash with this movie. I've also seen people say it's like the greatest movie ever. And I'm like, who's paying you? Can they pay us? <laughs> Can they start giving us this money to review this? Yeah, I'll say it. <laughs> yeah, I'll they say it. The, they got some skin and folks on their roster. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. like, they're like giving, they're like scream six is the best in the franchise. It's like, no, the fuck it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> it wasn't even better than five. I mean, I, I thought five was yeah. like, I said, we've talked enough about five. I thought five was, was up there. I would have ranked five, probably a, Give us your five. I wasn't on okay. the review there, but yeah, that, that, that's probably where I would have put it. I thought it was saved by Huey from um, the boys. I yeah. thought he was phenomenal in that movie. I thought he, it, it was obvious where it was going to go with him because he was too much of the good guy in the movie, but I thought his acting performance was, was phenomenal in that. And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it a little bit predictable on who the killers were going to be, but um, it was crazy. And I didn't expect the fate of Dewey there. That was, uh, was very surprising. So Dave offhand, what would you rank the screen movies in order? Like if you had to rank them, I was going to say it when you said it, that I had them at the exact same. So, which is what? One, one, two, four. Yeah. One, one, two, four, five, six, three. Yeah. So I, like, for me, I would just swap five and four, but yeah, I can see that too. But like, I, I like four a lot. So 
I need to rewatch them, but I do like four, I think. Better it's been five. a long time, yeah. But just going off what you guys were saying, that's what I would do it at. Okay, uh, let's thank patrons real quick. We have for VIPs, Allison V, Jeannie R, Justin T, Lisa J, Mike B, Mom and Pops W, Robert H, Stephen V, Demon King, and Irish Assassin Gaming. We also have uh, Ambi R, Anna C, even better hometown ghost stories, Lily, IDGIF, Batch, Jake V, Janice G, Marfire, Rachel B, Stephanie A, Sydney B, Al Capone, Anthony T, Anthony, uh, Ashley M, Brandon W, Brennan B, Kathy McSlugs, Cody G, Huggy Bear, Joe R, Kiralee J, Mark M, Matthew T, Mariah M, Papa Squatch, Paul from St. Louis, Sarah R, Scotty L, Solar Flare, Soph, and Hooper. So it was three dollars a month. You can get ad-free episodes, early access to episodes just like these. Join up on Patreon; it's a lot of fun. And we're gonna start putting together a list of Patreon requested movie reviews. We have taken some in the past; they kind of gotten lost in the shuffle. We're going to start putting together an actual list and knocking those movies out. Yep. So if you've requested one before and we haven't gotten to it, send it in again. We'll, we'll try to hit all of them and at least drop it on Patreon. If not, then just on the regular feed. And we will uh, lock and load and knock them out. Yeah. That's going to do it for this episode of Hometown Ghost Stories Horror Movie Reviews for Scream 6. I'm Rob. That's been Jesse and Dave. We will catch you next time. Peace.